Thank you for joining with us for another episode of Morning Briefings here on the Pipeline Intercession for the President and on our podcast. If you have any dreams that you have about the office of the president, please send them to pip at christiancentershreveport.com. We're so thankful that you all have joined in with us on this prayer journey, and we look forward to standing with you not only today, but in the days ahead. So with that, we'll go ahead and join today's broadcast as we talk about the news and stand on the wall for this nation and the office of the president. Good morning, good morning, everyone. Zach Garskadin coming to you live from North Carolina. And today, we want to keep things focused and in review and preparing ourselves for the season ahead. And yesterday, when we went through James 3.17 of outlining some of the things to look for when we're hearing, whether it be prophetic or the news or anything that would cause us to want to have to discern and use the gift of discernment that the Lord uh, gives us as some foundations there. But today we want to continue on that train of thought uh, of helping us discern and preparing our minds for discernment in looking at what Scripture tells us as a way to position our minds to be able to hear the perfect, pleasing, and perfect will of the Lord. And I want to start uh, this study here in Romans 12, 2, by reading the New American Standard Version and then also going back and looking at the Amplified Version because I think it dives deeper. They add, add some more context to it. So first, there is um, Romans 12, 2 is our verse of the day. And it says, it starts with this, um, we're really verse, verse one kinds of outlines it of dedicated service and talking about how we're urged to present our bodies to the Lord, et cetera, living sacrifice, uh, to holding well-pleasing God. Um, and then it gets into this and it says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. And I think that's just a reminder. We probably all heard this, but it's like, okay, putting it into this context uh, of presenting ourselves as a living sacrifice to the Lord, but then also, okay, what is the the reason, the benefit of coming out of this and in having this understanding and presenting ourselves um, to the Lord as a living sacrifice so that our mind can be renewed. And I want to read the Amplified Version because uh, it, it adds some context to it as they usually do in the Amplified Version. And then so verse 2 again says, Do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be transformed and progressively changing as you mature spiritually going from glory to glory, it adds on there, by the renewing of your mind, which is focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes, so that you may prove for yourselves what the will of God is. And what the will of God is, is that which is good, acceptable, and perfect in his plans and purpose for you. And so as we we sit here and are 
being given a lot of different prophetic news with social media and the news outlets and, and the articles that they're saying, some good, some bad, the, the battles that we're in, whatever the case may be in whatever time and season in life that we're in, as the Lord calls us to go from glory to glory, as Paul later talks about, we see here of how to prepare ourselves and some things we can do to put ourselves in a position to be able to discern the things that are being shown thrown at us, whether it be from the natural uh, or from the, from the spiritual and our battles there. And is Dutch talked about it earlier this week on his, um, I believe it was Tuesday or Wednesday where he talked about how, you know, when he gets a prophetic word, he, he chews on it and he, it, he doesn't just spit it out there. He'll sometimes present it. And most of the time he does present it to his trusted group uh, of prophets that he, he walks with and, and they have a relation, which is very biblical. Um, Bob Jones talked about doing that and, and he taught um, our leadership how to do that. And so that's why we have that model there. Um, but he also, he, he says a lot of times when he gets these prophetic words, he doesn't always fully have the answer, but what he knows is he knows the Lord may be telling him something for him to go straight to Scripture and, and reveal there where the interpretation is. And and sometimes he you know he has some things that are it's clear and it makes sense, but then there's also other times where it's like okay. I need to go to scripture. Okay, this is what scripture says. This is what this means, et cetera, and stuff like that. And that's where he builds his in interpretation on. And we do the same thing, but I think it's it's interesting to see him him say that as we're in this season, specifically as we're in the season of having a lot of prophetic words. People are saying this, people are saying that, and it's bringing some of it, bringing a lot of confusion to the body of Christ. And that's where we just we want to pray for ourselves and, and and the body of Christ specifically that this this gift of discernment would come upon us to be able to hear um, what the will of the Lord is, good, acceptable, and perfect, and, and his plans for us and, and his plans for our city, our state, our nation, uh, whatever we have authority and are called to walk in that authority. So with that, um, I want to give some updates and then and – then, there's not a lot going on as as everybody's on the House of Center on vacation. So it's President Biden again uh, continuing a, a third beach trip uh, on his round of vacations. But there are some things happening in the world that we need to be aware of, uh, and, and some things we can pray about here in America. First off, is in Russia. This is being reported from the Jerusalem Post that Russian forces. And more so, the Chechen forces are recruiting young men from rural, rural areas in the surrounding countries of Uzbekistan, Tajikistan, and Kyrgyzstan because they need forces, um, some of them even being offered citizenship and so they're seeing this need for more forces as their battle continues to rage on with the Ukrainians. 
Um, and some of this is being reported from Ukrainian intelligence services, GUR. And so this is something something interesting to see. And obviously out of Russia, they're being silent on some things about uh, what is actually going on there. Obviously there's the rumors and confirmed stories uh, from British intelligence that the Russian army is losing quote-unquote generals, lieutenants, corporals, anybody in high positions because they unfortunately, um, for their sake, uh, don't have the proper training uh, and understanding of how to actually maneuver and fight some strategic battles in war. So we're seeing this going off as that battle continues to rage on. Um, and the thing to focus on here is that as America continues to fund Ukraine to a level as if as this goes on, what does this mean for our leaders? How involved are they going to be? What does this mean for the trade of grain, of oil and gas, uh, not only for the United States, but Europe? And so something just to be sober and aware about and, and just pray for wisdom and discernment for our leaders uh, on this issue. And so we just want to be aware there. Now, next, want to look back at the – I think it's good for us to realize a situation here of what recently happened between Israel and Gaza as things have pretty much calmed down there. Um, and, and the reason we look at this is, number one, we, we pray for Israel, but also Chuck Pierce pointed out in this season, it's very heightened, um, that we need to be very in tune with what's happening in Israel um, in regards to with the war in Ukraine and Russia and China uh, and, and really see what's going off there because it will reveal a lot spiritually as the natural reveals the spiritual. And so – the Jerusalem Post did a, a good breakdown of the casualties that unfortunately occurred for both the Palestinians as some innocent civilians lost their lives, uh, women and children, and then also um, the casualties. And, and they, they did an analysis of what they believe – what the IDF believes – is the actual cause of these casualties because you can't fully trust the Palestinian authorities, unfortunately, because they're politicizing everything. They don't fully tell the truth. So IDF's best understanding of where their rockets went um, because they have to – because there's such a scrutiny on Israel, they have to really pay attention to where their rockets go, what the potential casualties are, and Israel acknowledges when they messed up. Palestinian authorities, not so much. So of the total casualties caused in this dispute, they call it Operation Breaking Dawn, that half of the casualties um, were affiliated with the different terror groups. You have um, – of the – there's total um, 49 – fatalities, and 24 of those were affiliated with terrorist organizations. And you have 12 with Islamic Jihad, 5 with Hamas, 6 with Fatah, and 1 from the Demo Democratic Front for the Liberation of Palestine. And the other 25 were unaffiliated or civilians. And what's also interesting within this 
is the total number of rockets that were shot off um, and those that misfired. So the analysis from the IDF is that 1,100 rockets were fired during these three days of fighting. Could have been more, but that's the mean there that they believe based upon their tracking numbers. And they have to do this because of the Iron Dome. If it's over a civilian area, they shoot it down, if you understand that. And then almost what they estimate, and they're pretty accurate on this, is almost 200 of those projectiles fell within the Gaza Strip. And of the terror... Te uh, the deaths that were associated with terrorist organizations, uh, several of those were caused by misfires, and several of these deaths were caused by misfires and, and the unfortunate event of home bombs and rockets that you just you don't know the and they don't know the accuracy and consistency of them. Uh, they don't really test it. They're they're making them in their kitchens or in school rooms or the wherever they you know small little room that they make them. They're not engineering it, testing it. They just make it, shoot it off, and sometimes it does well, sometimes it doesn't. And, and you're seeing the statistics on this. And so this is the fallout of this. And and again, this involvement here with the United States is something to be aware of. Where does this, our administration fall in line with this? Um, in the future, will they continue to support Israel? Uh, not only in, in word, but in deed on, in, as well uh, with financial support of, of helping not only Israel, but the U.S. economy as well with um, the funding of Israel to protect themselves. Those who bless Israel shall be blessed is the foundational principle. Uh, um, and others uh, pray for the peace of Jerusalem that the Lord tells us as a foundation for why we stand there. So again, something to be aware of. Here's the review of what just recently happened in Israel um, so we can clearly understand the events going out, being sober and aware. Now, on the home front, an issue that we've been talking about recently of the southern border with the increased captures, increase of fentanyl flowing into the country, is some of the actions taken in Arizona and Texas. And today we want to focus on a story out of Arizona where there was a report that a monsoon came down, quote unquote, and toppled over uh, several of the barricade, temporary barricades that were put in place with the ship containers that were welded together. That I'm going to bring this picture up. It's from being reported from um, one of uh, the Spanish networks, but New York Post did a, a kind of summary of it. As you can see, this picture here. Uh, just a few of the shipping containers were moved. Um, this picture shows some dents and things involved and a hole in it. And then uh, what would look like a, a hook. Um, the report doesn't say that, but that's just my analysis. And uh, the report was, original report from uh, Univision's uh, Arizona respondent, Claudia Romas, was that winds, high winds, uh, knocked this down. Uh, but after further review and investigation, uh, Arizona police uh, have determined uh, that to be completely false. And the, the here's the comments um, from Arizona Governor uh, Doug Ducey's communications director, C.J. 
Kiramarjan said the idea that it was weather-related events seem unlikely. He said these things weigh 8,800 pounds. So the, the two shipping containers weigh 8,800 pounds together. And that there were two of them together. 8,800 pounds is basically the weight of an F-450. We have a lot of strong winds in Arizona, and we don't see a lot of F-450s flying around when we have strong winds. And basically comparing it to is, look, yeah, we have strong winds, but if if this were true, that it blows this around, you would see trucks and even smaller vehicles uh, being flown up in the air and tossed around uh, if these events were to be true. And they later claim and believe that some big equipment or a big truck, diesel truck, whatever, was used to move it, to open the border, to get people in. My question is, is why wasn't anybody alerted to this? Uh, if it was, you probably would have heard it. Why wasn't there cameras? Somebody monitoring this if you knew it was vulnerable, uh, which that's another issue in there. But at the end of the day, it still shows the problems that exist. Um, and as elections come around, is is Will there be leadership to understand the realities of this situation? And so we want to continue to pray for this situation. Uh, obviously, yeah, yeah, correct. And it's possibly cartels moving this stuff. But the end of the day is, is if you know you know this is a vulnerable situation, why aren't you paying attention to it? And so we just want to repent for the Biden administration's actions on this. To as we saw yesterday, the events from the Border Patrol, who are again um, federally run and. Biden put in positions of leadership, those in those positions now to really open the borders. It just disastrously doesn't make any sense. Um, and intercede for a voice with the fear of the Lord to arise in the White House. If not in this administration, in the next, um, in the preceding. And and look, if, if there is a legitimate claim for these people who are coming across, I think every American would be willing to help. In, in as best way as possible, uh, but the reality is, is a lot of these people are not coming here um, for those reasons. As you're seeing fentanyl come across, and Daily Wire reported this morning that they're now seeing rainbow-colored fentanyl increase um, as it comes across and being spread throughout uh, American cities, which is quite interesting uh, there, to say the least. Now, um, something I want to play a clip of is we've been talking about. As school starts coming back, uh, kids are going back to school, parents sending them off, of the need for parents to be involved. And it's becoming heightened now as parents realize how bad things have gotten. And there's a great report, uh, really an opinion piece put down um, on paper by uh, the chairwoman, Ronna McDonald of RNC basically the head of RNC, showing some of the things and the problems um, with LGBTQ, CRT, and her claim is that, look, parents notice this and they're going to stay involved. But I want to play a clip from a long, long time ago. So it's going to be a very bad, bad picture. Uh, but the reality of this is we need to rem remember that there have been issues with the education system and there have been thought leaders and, and proposals for certain things to be done um, before, but the reality is, is there's always been an opposition to allowing uh, people to be admit that the public school systems fail sometimes um, and that there are other alternatives to 
what could possibly happen. So let me pull this back up and let's play it. This is Thomas Sowell answering this question. What would you do to help those blacks who are still in a very low economic so the is the question being asked is uh, sorry slowing it down is about um, busing then at the time the problem with busing kids to schools uh, and more so black kids to schools in areas where they could get a better education because of the disastrous response to the response to the disaster of what was then um, failing public schools condition in terms of education for example how there, there are as you said many blacks today who are still being given totally inadequate education yes. cannot be expected to get very far for that reason what would be your remedy for that i know oh i would oh that that's uh, very easy i would allow their parents to have a choice of where to send them to school whether that choice is called a voucher scheme open enrollment tuition tax credit any kind of scheme of that sort that would put that power in the hands of their parents mainly because that would mean that the schools would have to be responsive to them. As it is now, the school is a monopoly. They need not be responsive. I have relatives right here in New York uh, whom I've had to intervene for because the schools would not even treat them decently, much less give them access to the information they wanted that they were entitled to under the law. Thank you. And I just want to remind everyone, this is from the Firing Line TV show in 1981 of understanding that these are the problems then, and they still exist to this day. And it goes back to what President Trump said, is no parent should be forced to send their child to a failing public school. And that's the idea behind it, is, is what he's saying here, Thomas Sowell, is that, look, if a public school realizes that they're not a monopoly anymore, that they have to, yes, the parents have the power, then they're going to be forced to do what's best for the students who are in their school to teach them reading, writing, and arithmetic, which is their sole purpose. And he continues. You put it in the hands of the parents, and the parents are themselves uneducated mm -hmm. and not really aware of what... Basically, they're too dumb to make decisions, so uh, we need to make these decisions for them. And that's, that's still true to this day. So what makes you think that they would decide more intelligently than the present system? I think, again, history... Uh, blacks, as blacks emerged from slavery, oh, a minute percentage could read or write, and yet in half a century, over half the black population was literate. Uh, an economic historian has called that one of the most remarkable things in history. If you look back to the era prior to the Civil War, when there were free blacks about uh, half a million in the United States, they not only were not allowed in the public schools, they were in some states forbidden even to send their children to private schools and had to do so clandestinely. And yet the census of 1850 showed that most free blacks could read and write. So I don't think that uh, the fact that people have little education means that they are in any way uh, uh, poorer judges than distant bureaucrats who have their own access to grind and run the public school system. But you yourself said that you thought one of the reasons why blacks were still in an underprivileged position, those who still are, was because they had not been given a proper education. Yes. And we are now talking about people would not been given a proper education, making decisions for their children. And she's trying to use his words against him here, and he has a great response to this. As to what is a proper education, and you're saying that they 
if that was put up to them, mm -hmm. they would make a wiser choice than the present efforts to integrate the let schools. Me, let, let me uh, say that if they would not make a very different choice, it would be hard to understand the hysterical opposition of teachers' unions to giving them that opportunity. And so I, I want to end it there. And I don't want to get into the weeds of what he was saying, but I present this as evidence that this battle over the minds of the students uh, of the next generation and the generation that we're seeing as adults who are older, I mean, at this time, older than me, um, is the battle for the, the minds of the, the young children is raging on. Um, and even to this day has gone beyond um, allowing certain people uh, to go to certain schools or whatever, what parents and what government should allow and not with vouchers and school choice. Um, and, and to remind ourselves uh, of why it's important to pray uh, and be involved in this, this situation. And I think, thankfully, uh, it's unfortunate that I had to get to this. The one benefit of COVID was that parents started to realize, oh, wait, you're teaching my kid this garbage? I don't agree with this. And look, these aren't – the parents who are, who are making the decisions, as we saw in, in Virginia, the, the clear evidence of this is that some of them are liberal and they're quote-unquote okay with that lifestyle for an adult, but they don't want their kid to be forced to learn this stuff that if sometimes they can't even redo writing. Um, and, and yet they're being taught the, the 53 different gender types. And meanwhile, they can't read what the 53 gender types are. Um, parents rose up and, and decided that. And so we just want to continue to intercede for parents to have the strength to watch over and raise up their children in the way that they should go. Again, on the biblical foundations here found in Proverbs 22.6. As we have entered in uh, to another school year, and so we just want to be aware of this situation. And last thing I'm going to close out on this, excuse me, is there's a Golden Court case out of Kentucky, it's a Supreme Court, where a judge has said that the abortion ban can stay into effect while the states too. Abortion clinics, which are in uh, Louisville, Kentucky, are arguing. Well, um, again, this is this is their argument throughout all of these states. Well, we don't know what this means, yada yada yada. So you need to stop the ban um, and allow us to continue to do abortions. And so a judge ruled, said, "No, we're going to leave it into effect because Roe v. Wade is now removed." Same thing which we saw uh, yesterday out of North Carolina. Uh, so some very, very, very positive things here. Um, as, again, it's not over. The battle's not over. The, the abortion advocacy groups are not giving up. We've seen $50 million recently from Planned Parenthood. Um, another, uh, I believe, $150 million from other groups as well coming these midterms. And so people have to decide. And Kansas was a, a great barometer of where people decide is, look, there's people who are registered to vote who you would believe would vote biblical moral values and for life, and for some reason they didn't. And so with this issue coming up, school choice, education, and stuff like this, it, it is we as Americans have the gift 
given to us by wisdom and revelation from the Holy Spirit to our founding fathers to allow us the ability to vote and to let our voices be heard. And we just want to intercede for voters this weekend and, and going on as we come closer towards these midterms to have the fear of the Lord and vote based upon biblical moral values. Because until then, until there is a revival of a foundation of value, just straight values in general um, and not debauchery and, and shouting and screaming like a little child in this nation, then things aren't going to get better. And the enemy has, has been fighting this battle over education, as we see here evidence since 1981 and even what Thomas Sowell is talking about even before then in 1850s um, in trying to prevent slaves from even being able to read and yet they found a way around it. Um, that That's a, a great example of sometimes you shouldn't always 100% listen to the government because again, Romans 13 clearly talks about if, if governments government should be an authority to God and when they're not, should we just 100% listen to them? I think you guys understand that question very clearly. So I want to close out on that um, for this morning. And I'll be back on Monday as well, continuing standing and praying for the office of the president. And today we'll have another update uh, from travels in Slovakia and just giving a prophetic update from there. Uh, so tune into that this later this afternoon. And also uh, we put out the link yesterday. I'll put it here in the uh, in Facebook and show notes on the podcast. For anyone who's interested, we are doing another online prophetic flex. If you're not in the Shreveport Bossier area, uh, we usually do a prophetic flex where you come get a prophetic word. Um, but for those who are not in the area, or even if you are, um, we're doing another one online. We do one about every other month. And so we're everything's back in its normal schedule. So we're having those up. I'll put the link there. We'll talk about it. It's next Thursday at 6.30 p.m. Central Time. Uh, so if you know anybody who just may be needing a word from the Lord, maybe you yourself need a word from the Lord or you signed up and weren't able to get on it, um, we have one of those coming up. So feel free to sign up. Spots are limited. And we do about 10 minutes with you individually with our teams on Zoom. Um, and it's just a real time of encouragement. I know some of you guys have been on it before and and, and it's it been real fruitful uh, for it. And we love to give our, our team and our students and you get to meet some of our team and our students um, who are part of all of school of ministry as well. So I'll put the link there below. Blessings to each and every one of you. Shabbat Shalom. And I hope you guys are able to rest, spend some time with friends and family. And we'll be back again next week. Blessings and I'll see you guys later. Have a good one.